Randy Dorman has been in Tucson for over 15 years and has found ways to contribute in so many areas of our community, most of which is impacting our urban core. She's been the chairwoman for the Downtown Tucson Partnership, president of the Museum of Contemporary Art, candidate for mayor, and real estate developer. And if that wasn't enough to keep you busy, well, we found out that she has returned to her roots as a gymnast. She's been uh, on stage performing in musicals, and she's a singer in an L.A. band. All those things didn't quite make our interview today, but uh, we might have an uh, extended version so you can hear about all of those exploits. With an advertising background in New York, she became an unlikely land developer here in Tucson. It all started with an empty ice warehouse, and now along with her husband, Rob Paulus, She's been transforming Tucson ever since. We sat down with Randy to talk about her passion for Tucson, her projects, and the details of her most recent development, the Trinity on University and 4th Avenue. I'm Randy Dorman, and uh, where we are is our office building at 990 East 17th Street, which is across the street from the Ice House Lofts. When I moved here about uh, 19, 20 years ago. I moved from Manhattan into downtown Tucson, and my husband Rob is, is from here, and I couldn't understand why there was nothing going on downtown, or very little going on, and we really wanted to be part of making it happen and bringing it back to life. So we moved into downtown, and a few months later, uh, we bought an old ice factory, next to the railroad tracks, just on the edge of downtown, with two of our friends and had the crazy idea to turn it into lofts. And at the time, there was, like I said, very little going on downtown, and there had been no building converted into residential lofts in all of Arizona, actually. Now, coming from New York, it was really common. It's such a cool way to live because you take the history and the authenticity of these industrial buildings and make them relevant for a new generation by turning them into living spaces. So um, we spent the next few years doing that and creating the Ice House Lofts. It's um, 51 lofts and um, we live there and we have a 15-year-old daughter. We've been there for 15 years. Um, and as we were doing that project, we realized the potential for this whole neighborhood. So we did a sister project that's across the street from the Ice House and across the street from where we're sitting called Barrio Metallico. And those are nine metal loft houses, super energy efficient and sustainable. And um, we did those around 2004, 2005. They ended up being home of the year in Tucson Lifestyle Magazine. They were published in the New York Times. And so we were really focused on the Ice House, but this little sister project took on a life of its own. And then the building that we're in was an auto repair shop. And it was really fine as an auto repair shop. They worked during the day, during the week. Um, but we thought one day somebody else is gonna buy this and might turn it into something really disruptive for where everyone was living. So we bought it and then a few years later needed more office space and converted the whole thing into a really modern, sustainable office. We have solar 
rainwater harvesting. It's a super energy efficient and beautiful building. Um, but there, that's a long way of saying the reason that we're sitting here is because we really felt like Tucson needed a, a central core and the downtown needed to be that and we wanted to be part of making that happen. Well, a few things have changed since you've been out here. A so, little bit. Uh, downtown has become more of that central core. Mm -hmm. But you had mentioned sustainability as part of your, your mission, and that's, that seems to be evident in every one of your projects. Even when you walk into your office, the first thing that I noticed was the bikes on the wall. Oh, yeah. With the helmets there, your, your staff seems to bike in. You've got the uh, solar panels. You've got the charging station out front for the electric cars. Yeah, it's really a priority. Um, it's funny because we've been thinking about it for so long. It's second nature. I mean, it's always been a core value of ours. And at this point in time, I think it's irresponsible for it to not be a core value of every developer and um, anyone building anything. Um, we have to continually think about our impact on the planet. Um, if we don't, we're all going to be in trouble. Well, let's, let's uh, bookend this conversation. Your original project was the Ice House Lofts. There have been 15 years or so of, of uh, many different projects that we could spend hours talking about. But you just recently uh, launched a, uh, a business just opened up in one of your newest projects. That's true. So talk about that, because that's another you know, different type of impact on a community, but it's a, it's a health center where there wasn't previously one. Yes, and um, it's interesting because it seems like that building just happened, but that building was actually eight years in the making. And um, so we just did a, a beautiful new office building on the corner of 4th and University next to Time Market. It's a 25,000 square foot building and um, Health on University, which is a primary care joint venture between El Rio and Tucson Medical Center opened on the ground floor and we're really excited because it's the perfect service for that neighborhood. But that project got started because the church, the Trinity Church that's on the corner of 4th and University, they've been in that location since the 1920s. Their congregation shrank and they realized that they had extra land and they had a building that they didn't really use and they uh, wanted to find a developer who could develop those assets and at the same time create some financial stability for the church. So initially, the only people that were um, responding to them were student housing developers. And this was in 2011, and they did not want to do student housing. So they put out an RFP and asked us to respond, and we, um, we had ideas for how to really make this a residential project with retail and um, something that would really enhance the neighborhood. Now, the key is that in 2011, the streetcar was planned but not yet built. And the church knew that the streetcar was coming and we all had the stories of other communities where they put in something like the streetcar and development was really successful all around that route. So with that in mind, we uh, worked with the neighborhood for years to try to find the right mix of um, project that would 
pencil out financially and be enhancing to the neighborhood. So the church still needed parking. We couldn't do all residential because on Sundays when all the churchgoers are there, our residents would be there too. So when we figured out that we could do office in the mix as well, that was when we finally were able to get it going. We had really complex rezoning um, that took a year and a half and um, we broke ground in 2018 in November and then just completed the office building and right now we're in the process of um, finalizing details for a 58 unit apartment building that has ground floor retail that will be around the corner. So um, the, the project is actually two different buildings um, and all meant to enhance the neighborhood Create the, the, the buildings on the church property before really cut the neighborhood off. Um, they were, there, there wasn't a way, there was no permeability of the site. And the way that we have it laid out, we have a lot of permeability so that people can really walk and enjoy uh, the whole site. And then we have a lot of um, great amenities for um, the neighborhood and the people in the building. Oh, and the name of the project? Uh, the Trinity and after the church. So we have the Trinity office and the Trinity residential. And um, and then the church is the Trinity Presbyterian Church. So now you have three. the Trinity Trinity. There you go. It's all, all connected there. We'll be back to the conclusion of our interview with Randy Dorman as we get into more of the details of her development, some of the sustainable features and her philosophies on developing modern inside of historical neighborhoods. I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. And back to our interview with Randy Dorman. In this segment, we're going to hear more about their efforts for sustainable development and their philosophies of going in with modern structures into historic neighborhoods. What's I, well, what I really love is that this is truly a mixed-use infill project. So where the office building was before, it was an empty, park, an underutilized parking lot. It was asphalt. So again, from a sustainability standpoint, the heat island effect of just having empty surface lots, especially when they're not well used, um, is tremendous. So we now have a building that's providing a great service to the neighborhood where um, people can park the people using the building can park during the day, retail users can park at night, and church users can park um, on Sundays. So in a normal suburban model, the way Tucson is really built, that would require usually three separate spots for each of those uses. And we're able to combine that into one. And so um, from an, a utility standpoint, um, it's so much more efficient, and then part of our parking lot has a permeable, a permeable surface so that the water, instead of just flowing into the streets, actually goes down into the ground, into the aquifer, and where there used to be um, two beautiful mesquites, um, now there's actually tons of trees and different plantings, and um, so it's a whole... Uh, it's a whole different way of looking at sustainability and 
density in infill and being next to public transportation where there's a streetcar stop right there. It is so important to sustainability. I think often people talk about solar panels and blah, 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 but really the way that you plan your buildings, where they are, how they're sited, and how you can access public transportation, walkability, and bikeability have far greater impact than just putting up some solar panels. Uh, I, I understand um, this may just be rumor, Yes. Uh, but you have a pretty good connection with the architect. Oh, yes. <laughs> architect is Rob Paulus, and he happens to be my husband. Everything that we develop together, he designs. And his designs are amazing. I mean, really the joy of developing is um, to be able to showcase his work. He always focuses on sustainability and beautiful, simple design. They feel great. They use light the right way. They use modern materials in, in interesting ways. I love being able to do really beautiful, well-thought-out buildings that are going to positively impact the community for generations and stand the test of time. And I don't know if this is a, a hallmark or just uh, something that I've, I've noticed, but it seems whenever I'm in a, a Rob Paulus designed space, every inch is utilized. Uh, th there isn't really a lot of wasted space or things that are, are not utilitarian. Even though they're beautiful, they're still very functional. Yes, um, thank you for noticing that. Um, but that is really hard to do. Um, but it really is the most efficient use of space. And then you don't have extraneous, unnecessary details. Everything that's there was meant to be there. In some corners, there's a concern that Tucson is developing too quickly, that we're losing some of our history and our charm. And you mentioned you had extensive conversations with the neighborhood. So it's the West University historic neighborhood. Um, the period of significance for that neighborhood is 1890 to 1920. And there's some really beautiful historic buildings in that neighborhood. From the very first meeting, we said, we don't do fake historic. We do contemporary compatible. And we really explain the difference because it's a, there are varied philosophies, but the National Historic Preservation um, Office really um, encourages people to, in historic neighborhoods, preserve what is truly historic. Make sure that those assets are well-preserved. But when you build new, build new so that you can tell that there's a difference. What was built in 1920 should still stand the test of time, and you should continually work to make it relevant. But you want people to understand that there's something new as well and that you show the contrast. So we spent a lot of time with the neighborhood really explaining that that's our philosophy and that we looked at all of the design assets in the neighborhood. Uh, how wide were bays? How tall were windows? What materials were used? And the building is actually a modern interpretation of um, the design vernacular that was already existing in the neighborhood. So that was our goal, to be contemporary compatible. The, the, the way that you're building, the sustainable efforts that you're putting in, this, this conscious uh, concern, does that make it more expensive to build? Does it make it less expensive to maintain? 
Um, well, it makes it more expensive to build. And what was really interesting, so in that neighborhood, there's actually a lot of stucco used, but the, um, the West University Historic Zoning Advisory Board actually asked us to use metal as a skin and not stucco because they thought it would be more durable um, and would look be higher quality. So that was definitely more expensive. And when you're doing your pro forma, you have to balance your, your land costs and your construction costs with the rent that you think you're going to be able to get, as well as your operational costs. So when you build more sustainably, um, there's some savings in operations, um, but uh, usually not as much as the extra cost involved, depending on, on what you do. Well, I really wanted to talk about Trinity because that's the newest project. And yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen with the retail and the residential. Um, you have uh, quite an investment in our community in many ways. What are things that, that you would like to share? Um, I think that every single person in this community has the ability to have a positive impact. And um, I didn't start off with the intention of being an arts activist or a downtown activist or even running for mayor. But um, when you see things that can be improved, I think it's all of our responsibility to figure out how we can be part of that. And so that's just what I've really tried to do um, since I got here. Um, but along the way, when I got involved with the Museum of Contemporary Art, I saw a small museum that had the potential to do really big things. And I think it's one of the most important institutions in Tucson, especially for demonstrating what's possible and um, challenging the standard way of thinking. Um, and then getting so deeply involved with downtown, it's been such a, a pleasure. Um, but everyone needs to look around them and see where can I have impact? Where can I help? How can I make Tucson better? Because we have so much potential, but we still have so much work that we need to do. So much potential and so much work we still need to do. Those are the words of Randy Dorman. She has a 15-year-plus, uh, at this point, career in real estate development here in Tucson. Has uh, done many things with Downtown Tucson Partnership, Museum of Contemporary Art. Recently ran for mayor and was very gracious with her time on a busy day to sit down with us and share a lot about her philosophies of development. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org.